All right, and welcome to episode nine of the Gundam Explained podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Blue. And um, yeah, welcome to some more Gundam talk. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to this on YouTube. It's a video version, but you could be listening to the audio version on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. Um, but yeah, if there's any other places I haven't added it to, just let me know. Uh, I don't mind adding it. Um, if, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, I've got some new videos up on um, the channel, the YouTube channel of Gundam Explained. There's the... Um, let's see, the cost signature, Double Zeta Robot Spirits review is up there. Um, I also have a, you know, I completed my, uh, Unicorn in Narrative, uh, reviews, and I've got, um, uh, episode one of Mobile Suit Gundam up. I decided to go back and start with the original. Um, that was a lot of fun, actually, and it still just, it stands up, although, I mean, I'm, or holds up, um. I do. It's not like I haven't watched it recently. Anyway, I did that uh, little comparison of the first chapter of uh, the novel with it, but still, it's great to watch. Um, you know, let's see what else has been going on. Um, yeah, we've got the Discord. Uh, if you want to head over there, um, there's uh, people who have been showing off their uh, Gundam model kits they've been building or other things they've bought. So that's kind of a cool thing to check out. I'm actually gonna. I gotta pull that up. Actually, I'm gonna show some of that later. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm curious too. You know, it, throw in the comments of things you've gotten uh, since the last podcast, like kind of related to Gundam during the week. And it doesn't have to be UC. It can be really any of the uh, any of the timelines. Um, you know, and speaking of any of the timelines, I still haven't um, hit on anything else other than UC. You know, I will eventually. Um, but yeah, for now, everything's really just, you see, cause I really like it. I want to finish. Yeah. I think I'm going to jump into for the channel. First episode of Zeta, double Zeta, Shars counterattack, kind of get most of early UC done and then just move into, you know, crazier, uh, crazier things. Um, where was I looking for that? Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, sorry for that little delay. Just wanted to set some stuff up here because in a second I'm going to... Oh, a lot of people have been posting uh, more things than I thought. Um, but anyway, yeah, this past week, uh, since the last podcast, a couple things. I got this uh, Robot Spirits, um, you know, Amaro, uh, RX-78-2, actually, I should say. And, you know, I have... Uh, the standard one anyway, but this is a little different. It has more of a, I don't want to say it's a matte finish, but it's not as glossy as the other one. Also, all the joints are white. It's more in line with anime, and the hands have kind of a green uh, tint to it. Again, more in line with the anime. And I think a little bit of the, the feet um, in, the, in the helmet, just a little different. And I kind of, I, I really like this one. I really like, oh, had an effect piece stuck in there. I had the... Uh, this little explosion on, which I love. I love these effect pieces. That's, that's the reason why I really like the robot spirits. Other than, as much as I like building, I don't have to build them. Um, and they don't fall apart when I pose them. But not only that, I got something that, again, this reminds me of the Cubelay in a sense that some of these mobile suits look a little funky. So it's not like I'm trying to go after them to get them to collect them. But after getting this, um, I love this. This is... Uh, 
what is the actual name? Zagok MS. It's a Zagok. It's it's Char's um, custom. Uh, you know, it's red. It's like the commander type. Um, I, I like everything about it. I didn't think I would like this so much because this is kind of just a goofy looking mobile suit until you kind of realize that the design makes sense. It's more for aquatic purposes. Uh, you can see metal claws are very useful in tight corners when it comes to mobile suit battles. Um, that's not something you think about. You kind of always think about guns, lasers, but claws are very useful. It even came with an effect piece to put on the back of a, a GM or gym. What do you guys prefer, GM or gym? Anyway, where you can kind of see the claws and the damage coming out, it looks pretty cool. But this thing, um, not only does it have amazing articulation, but just the sculpt, the paint... Um, you can actually have his arm look like it's broken off um, with a little electrical pieces flying. You can take off the head, move the eye. Yeah, just really, really great piece. Um, and I was lucky, both of these, you know, robot spirits are generally expensive, so I'm really playing out my purchases. But luckily, I got these rather inexpensive. Uh, the RX-78 tube is from Mandrake from Japan. Even with shipping, it's cheaper than getting it domestically. And then that uh, Zagok, right? Is that... I'm always, ah, oh, those names. Yeah, the Zagok I got um, uh, from a, oh, I forgot the, what the place is called, it's from Europe, and it was like on sale, and it had free shipping, so it, yeah, definitely, totally worth it. Um, so, other than that, I got uh, Char's Counterattack on Blu-ray, interesting that it's in a black case, I see that every once in a while. Um, I, you know, it's on Netflix or whatever, but I wanted to put it on my Gundam streaming server I have, and I, uh, that, I think that was the third time I watched Shars Counterattack. It was just recently, and I guess every time I watch it, it just gets better, and this third time, uh, it just blew me away, and a lot of it was more impactful, you know, especially, uh, you know, that point when uh, the Earth Federation and Neo Zeon make that treaty, that pact, uh, you know, what... Neo Zeon then gets the Axis asteroid, and then you see all of those, um, they're not Musai class or Magellan class, whatever, the, the the ships, I gotta I gotta get those names down. The Neo Zeon ships were just sitting there waiting and just started firing on the Earth Federation, killing them, and then Quest killing her dad unknowingly, and I like how they didn't really even explore it too much. Um, yeah, it's super hardcore. Um but I guess understanding the characters a lot more throughout, you know, the previous Gundam series really is very interesting how good of a movie and some Gundam is once you have fully grasped the concepts of previous Gundam entries. Uh, it's like that integrated information theory uh, at play. And I think that's a lot with Japanese culture in general. A lot of um, things are integrated. Uh, I, I don't want to say symbolism. I think that uh, simplifies it a bit too much, but anyway, the other one I grabbed, uh, and both of these were on sale too, uh, MS Igloo. Um, I had never watched it except for on, I think on YouTube, I tried watching a clip of it and I was like, I don't think I'm into that, uh, late nineties, early two thousands video game CGI. Um, but you can get past it. Um, as I did with watching, original anime, I kind of got past it, and it actually holds up really well in terms of the story it's telling. It's really cool because it's from a specific side of the one-year war, 
or specific things going on in the one-year war. And what it really seems to be setting up from the first episode is the idea of transitioning from weapons being based in standard weaponry you always see to mobile suits. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting how it does it a lot differently. Okay. Um, so let's see what's next here. Yeah, so this What If series, it's on Disney+, Plus, Marvel. I'm not really big into Marvel, um, but it, it seems in this latest one, there's this uh, scene with Tony Stark talking about Gundam. He says, worst case scenario, we'll end up with the world's most expensive Gundam model. And I only knew about this because my dad told me about it because um, uh, he knows about, you know, the whole Gundam thing. And and he doesn't know anything about Gundam or knew anything about Gundam until, you know, I started telling him about my channel and everything. Um, but uh, no, just pretty cool. And I, I just think it's kind of a funny uh, point. So I found this on Reddit where uh, the title is every time Bandai announces new P Bandai stuff. Worst case scenario, we'll end up with the world's most expensive Gundam model. Yeah, because sometimes that stuff can be expensive. Um, I like if you can't get it through P Bandai, like when it's sold third party. For instance, there's that three pack. Um, actually, I could probably pull it up here. Let me. Uh, it's, I'm going to the Big Bad Toy Store, and they've got that. Uh, I'll just type in Salem Mass because I'm sure it will just pop up. Um, yeah, so this. You know, I've been collecting those GMG soldier figures. I have six Earth Federation and six Xeon. I'm crazy like that. Uh, but I have tons of Stormtroopers. That's just kind of... When it comes to three-quarter scale, um, or one-eighteenth scale, I should say, 3.75 inch, um, I, I love those. But 244? No. So I went to Gundam Planet where I pre-ordered the other ones and it was, or actually I did get one from Big Bad Toy Story of the Xeon soldiers that were normal, normally priced, but it's like 150, 160 on Gundam Planet. So I thought, uh, yeah, that's pricey. But okay, here's what's cool about it. I wonder if this has the screen. I mean, I love that. That's just straight out of, okay, so. When you buy the three-pack, what's cool about it is it comes with these pieces, kind of like the other sets did, um, and it's to create a mobile suit cockpit, which is pretty cool. You know, I'm assuming this is a mobile suit cockpit, um, but I love how it has that kind of that viewfinder that Amaro uses. I mean, when I say I'm assuming it's mobile suit, I'm wondering if it's the RX-78 too. Um, oh, I was like, they look like bright for a second. Um, oh, really cool. Yeah, this. Oh, and then look at that. The uh, white base behind there. I wonder if that's that. They have that other miniature thing. I really want to get that. Um, love this stuff. And I have that Char one in pre-order. Can't wait for that to come in. Uh, the these types of figures are my thing. I can just have them sitting on the desk and while I'm working. Should I be doing that while I'm working? But anyway. Um, yeah, I just thought that was pretty cool. All right. Now here's here's something crazy. I was when I was watching MS Igloo, it actually shows the colony pass by as the uh, Zeon soldier just in a, another ship. They're in like a a oh I forgot what it was. It's like an engineering a technical ship where they kind of do evaluation of new weaponry. Um, and this this is where they're like doing evaluations of like a long range cannon and a uh, and a tank. And so they're kind of showing how they're transitioning from mobile suits. Anyway, long way to say. 
the colony passes by, and it's the Operation Operation British Colony, which you know crashes down in Australia. Um, and I and what I did was I just went to Google and typed in Operation British date because I wanted to get the date. I think it was like January or something like that. And then I found this. It uh, um, is it showing up on my screen? Yeah, it's a uh, uh, a band that it, it's it's kind of like old school punk in a way. I'd almost say like. There's two albums. The first one is definitely more of like a blackened old school punk. So I'm really into music. I like black metal a lot. And the vocals remind me of black metal. And the production value reminds me of it. And it just has some really cool riffs. Um, and then a follow-up album where there's more... Uh, the singing kind is kind of more of the traditional old school punk singing. It's still fantastic. But I love stuff like this. Um, you know, I like it when there's music that's made about things that I like, especially when I can, when I like, when it's my style of music that I'm, I'm into. But that reminded me of, um, something else. So Andrew WK, he actually just dropped an album recently and I, I've never really got into his music, you know, nothing against it, just not my type really. But he did a, um, an album called Gundam Rock. And it's on YouTube. If you go to search on YouTube for Gundam Rock, Andrew WK, and he covers music from the first Mobile Suit Gundam, and it is actually awesome. It is, and it's it it's not on Spotify. You can search for it on the web and see the Spotify link for it, but none of the music is available. I'm sure it's licensing. That's why I'm not even going to play it here because they'll probably block the song. Um, yeah, but I would suggest to listen to the Andrew WK covers of the Gunna music because it's just awesome. It's uh, it's just a good time. It kind of fits in with kind of his theme with his music, where his music it's it's rock and roll based, it, and it really has kind of that uh, party vibe. It really gets you going. So uh, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to to bring that up because I think that is definitely worth uh, looking up. I like. I like the Gundam music in general, but to see where bands will kind of be inspired by it. If anyone knows of any other music that's kind of inspired by Gundam, uh, let me know. I know another cool thing about Gundam music is, like, I was listening to the Battle Operation 2 uh, music, and it's actually pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if it's because I listen to it a lot. Actually, I have the music muted in Battle Operation 2 right now, but um, and that's just... To concentrate, but um, I, I I like the tunes, and I see that apparently the songs in Battle Operation Two are from other Gundam video game titles. So that might be something uh, 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 worth looking more into, like where all these side music soundtracks come from and everything. Like I think it was uh, what was the one on PS Two? It was it. I don't know if it was. Federation for Xeon. It was the one on PS2 that was just like a a, a single player. It might have had multiplayer, but the main focus of it was just going through the beginning of the One Year War as the RX-78-2. And it also did a good job of playing that old school Gundam music, but in a cool way. Um, yeah, music is cool. Gundam music, even cooler. So, And before I get ahead of myself... Um, from the Discord, and is it showing up? Yeah. Um, 
it, it's really cool. Join the Discord. There's a link in the description, but you know, uh, others will will share like the Gundam stuff they find. Um, the Easy Eight from that uh, Gundam Universe line, where it's like they're not super high quality, but they're good quality for the price. And I guess one of them comes with a code for a mobile suit in Battle Operation Two, which yeah, that, I bought it immediately. I don't want to show it too quickly, but someone's child with the battleship Yamato, um, Star Blazers, maybe uh, uh, model kit. Now that looks amazing. Um, I've been wanting to get into that, and I just I haven't. But that ship just looks amazing. Um, And that was from uh, Santo Bell. Um, Again, I I apologize. I don't know if I really should be showing other people's kids, so I just kind of scrolled through that real quick. Um, and then super showing his, uh, Zeong. So I can't wait when he builds this because I think that is a must, a must have. I don't even have that. Um, let's see. Here's uncle Tom with the, um, Sazabi and I, I believe it's the robot spirits. Um, huh. and, um, uh, yeah, that looks cool. Um, yeah, it's just after watching Char's counterattack, I was really paying attention to the design, and it's matched up real well here. Even that little symbol. Now, I haven't looked it up, but what is that symbol that Char has on his Sazabi there? Really interested if, if someone knows. Oh, and then Soup got uh, some G-frames. Yeah, that that's really cool. Like, even at Target, they have these G-frames that have a white uh, Zaku, too, and it looks awesome. Um, oh, and according to that, so then it looks like it has the alternate head, so you can have the, that single fin on or not. And I always love these (laughs) with the, with those uh, G frames that how they, you build the stand and it's kind of like the other, uh, pieces that it came with. It's kind of funny. Um, I think, oh yeah. Okay. So. I actually took a picture. I could have shown this, uh, but for those listening, I guess it's not as fun. But here is a picture of, you know, Char's uh, Zagak um, stabbing Jim. Um, and then, yeah, Amaro in the RX-78 cutting off its arm. Um, man, fun to take pictures of these things. And this uh, Aqua Jim Pool Safety Custom. That's from Will Won't. That's hilarious. Um, oh yeah, and then another G frame, but of the the high new Gundam, which is really cool. Um, I have the same same one. Just gave it to my son. And then this, this is yeah, Santo Bell, the um, Eclipse Gundam uh, model kit. That thing looks sick. Um, what's that guy's name? Mecha Guy Gotsu, I think. There's a YouTuber that he, I think he seems to strictly cover Gumpla model kits and. For me, that's only like a quarter of what I like about Gundam. But um, even after watching him do the review and the transformation, like I would love to get to get this. Even though I usually stick with UC, and even within UC, I'll only get model kits of certain things. But to have, I feel like yeah, I'd have to have two. One so I can have the unit, and then one to have it, the ship form. Um, that's one cool thing about Seed is they seem to have really cool flight or ship forms, which is a cool thing about Gundam Thunderbolt Bandit Flower 
how it it starts with those uh, ship battles. That's more my thing. Um, yeah, this is Uncle Tom. Now I don't know exactly if that's um, the model kit or robot spirits or whatever, but whatever it is, it just looks sick. Um, and I'm assuming this is Seed as well, like Freedom. Uh, probably wrong about that. Anyway, um, mobile suit of the week. You know, since I got that uh, custom Char Zagok, why not learn a little bit about it? So yeah, this is the MSM-07 Zagok. Am I even saying that right? Well, let's look at the Japanese characters here. Uh, I think that's Katagana or Hiragana. I forgot. I took a little bit of Japanese in high school. Uh, Zugoku. Uh, that's probably how it has to be pronounced. Is a mass production amphibious mobile suit. It was first featured in the anime series Mobile Suit Gundam and later appeared in the OV series Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. There's the front. There's the rear. Okay, this front, and I love these designs, it's like the MSVR. Okay, I'm not sure what the R is, but I like these designs where they take, you know, the mobile suits and kind of give them that real type look. Um... Oh, from Unicorn. Very nice. And then, what is that? It's cool. It reminds me, uh, not the Act guy, but that other crazy looking one. I think it's an Act guy with a wider head. In Double Zeta, I think Haman gets a hold of it, and it has these wacky colors. And I'm like, I need a Gumpla of that. Um, but anyway, back to this. Yeah, I like that UC look. All right, the Zagok is one of the heavy mobile suit developed by MIP. So MIP, am I going to figure out who that is eventually? Um, MIP Company, okay, this is new for me. This is another manufacturer, you know, other than Anaheim Electronics or Xeonic. Let's see. MIP was a weapon manufacturer company for the Principality of Xeon. Okay. Um, when the Principality first considered new weapons designed for the Minofsky particle era, MIP's concept of a highly mobile space fighter, the experimental MIP X1 was rejected in favor of Xeonix mobile suits. Ah, so this is another transition from having more of space fighters or what looks like a mobile armor. It says that right there. Um, okay, I could go on and on. Oh, there's the big row. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. So I'm going to step back. Uh, but they did the... Okay, so MIP, who did the Big Row, also did the Zagok. After the one-year war, MIP was absorbed by Anaheim Electronics. It was responsible for manufacturing the X-04B machine gun used by the Jabera Tetra. So interesting that they then developed a gun for a Gundam that ended up becoming a... Uh, Neo Zeon or Zeon Remnants suit, right? Again, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but yeah, Sima Garahau. That will be a pronunciation for another day. Okay. So let's head back to this. Um, like the MSM 04 At Guy. Okay. So At Guy, really cool looking one that kind of shares a lot in common, but that is Zeonic even though they look similar. Uh, it is viewed as a second-stage amphibious MS, different from the MSM-07. 
uh, O3 GOG. Let's just take a quick look. Here's another one with the claw look, the more domed out um, top half, and that is Zimad Company. Okay, I'm not even going to dive into that. That'll be for another time. All right. Um, the Zagok's final design was improved based on actual combat data from the GOG, but this delayed its development, and the at guy was completed before it. So, you know, real quick, just some, for some personal background, like those types of mobile suits, when I saw them in the original Gundam, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really like those designs. But over time, they seem to have this practicality to them. They Their, their look led to them being part of the bad guy forces, you know, and having the claws and also the use in an amphibious manner. And seeing them battle in Unicorn really lent to them... Um, making more sense now when watching the original Mobile Suit Gundam. All right, uh, among amphibious Mobile Suit, the Zagat focus is on ground combat. Besides using both air and water-cooled radiators, it also has chemical fuel rockets for jumping in, addition to thermonuclear water jets. The Zagat is also designed so that it can perform anti-air combat as well as search operations on and above the water surface, duties that the GOG could not. The Zagok's specifications are superior to those of the mass production mobile suits by the Earth Federation forces at the same period. However, wait, let me, are superior to the mass production mobile suits by the Earth Federation forces at the same period. Um, so I don't know if they mean the gun cannon, gun tank. Um, I'm assuming that. Um, however, in return for high performance, uh, it is difficult to pilot. Okay. Furthermore, it is cost, it is a costly machine because it lacks parts compatibility with the GOG. Okay, let's look at its weapons. 240mm missile launcher. The Zagok has six 240mm missile launchers, 30 rounds, in the top of its head. These missiles can only be fired in relation to the vertical alignment of the torso. The missiles can be fired underwater, but they have low resistance to hydrostatic pressure. They are mainly used after surfacing or landing on the shore, as well as for anti-aircraft purposes. So, the anti-air makes sense. I would also even think being underwater makes sense, depending on how it is traveling. Uh, but when they talk about in relation to the vertical alignment of the torso, I would assume it's not used for uh, as its general basic weapon. Um, okay, Mega Particle Cannon. As with Xeon's previous amphibious mobile suits, the Zagok has a pair of Mega Particle Cannons powered directly by the mobile suit's reactor. The Zagok's Mega Particle Cannons are mounted in the palm of its hands. They have high beam focusing capability and output of 3.2 MW. And I remember last video, I was looking up what that was. Not going to right now. Iron Nail. Mounted on the ends of the flexible arms, they are primarily used as close combat weapons, taking advantage of the Zagok's high mobility. It can punch through the torso of an RGM-79 GM in a single blow. So that is actually exactly what that piece is that it comes with and what we see in that scene. I think the Battle of Jabaro, you know, in the Amazon, the Federation base, I'm, I think yeah, Shar got their... Uh, through means of water underground, and then, yeah, just punched right through a gym. Uh, history. With the success of the MSM-03 GOG, um, you know, actually, let me close the... Uh, let's see. Is that it? Okay. 
With the success of the MSM-03 GOG and the MSM-04 uh, AT guy, the MIP company rolled out their own mass production amphibious mobile suit for the Principality of Xeon's Earthside forces. This line of amphibious mobile suit, known as the MSM-07 Zagak, became the most successful uh, line used by the Xeon forces during the One-Year War. The Zagak was manufactured at the California base on the same production lines as the GOG. Okay. The Zagak's most uh, famous uh, exploit was the Principality of Xeon's attack on the Earth Federation Forces headquarters at Chiburo. I might have said Jabaro earlier. It's Jiburo. Jiburo. Okay. On November 30th, UC0079, the Principality of Xeon launched a surprise attack on the Earth Federation's underground fortress. One of the Xeon's one of Xeon's primary attack groups was formed by multiple Zagaks as well as a few other amphibious mobile suits led by Shar Aznable and his MSM-07S Zagak commander type, which is an improved Zagak version with better power output, high mobility, and lighter armor materials. This attack force uh, bypassed Jaburo's defenses using a previously unknown secret underwater entrance. However, the attack was a failure as Xeon was unprepared for the Earth Federation's new battalions of mobile suits that had just been brought off the assembly line. And that was the GM, even though one GM got totally wasted by uh, that uh, custom uh, Zagok. After the battle, some of the suits were simply left where they lay, uh, remaining in the caves of Jabiro for thousands of years. Okay, that's a very interesting... Thing thousands of years is that, is that getting to turn a Gundam? I haven't watched turn a, but is that where the thousands of years come from? Hmm. While initially produced as a commander machine, the Zagat commander type was soon mass produced to replace the standard Zagat. Other notable mobile suits developed by the Principality of Xeon based on the Zagat include the MSM07E Zagat E, which was simply the Zagat remodeled to have superior performance, and the MS13 Gashia which sacrifices the Gok's amphibious capabilities for improved ground assault abilities. So let's look at that real quick. Here's an improved Zagok. Looks cool. Ah, that was War in the Pocket, so it really wasn't too long after its initial development, but looks cool. And then here's one that is supposed to... It removed its amphibious capabilities for improved ground assault battles. This is the Gashia. Let's see. And, okay, it doesn't look like there's really a, um, a modern interpretation of it, but that looks cool. I kind of like how instead of having the larger domed head, instead it has these two areas where the missiles uh, can come up on the side. But very cool looking. Um, let's see. Uh, even after the one-year war, several Zagaks sporting a new dark green color scheme were used by Xeon remnants in UC-0096 during their attack on Torrington Base. One of these units was destroyed by an RX-160S uh, Bri Arlent Custom. I always forget about this suit, but it is it is definitely awesome. There is something about this that has, like, this Mark II slash Xeon, uh, Kind of feel to it, yeah. All right, so here's uh, yeah some pictures of the Zagak. Um, interesting. Um, let's see. Um, action figures. Uh, see, I don't have a standard. I just have the 
shark commander type, so I'd, I'd like to get a standard now. Okay, notes and trivia. The green siren marking is applied to the mobile suits of the green siren submarine fleet, which patrolled the southern Atlantic Ocean. Although most of the fleets used the MSM-03 GOG, the emblem was standardized on the Zagok. The Zagok's design was inspired from Alien Zarab from Ultraman. Of course, Tsuburaya Prod, the company that was responsible for Ultraman, would return the favor with the two monsters uh, in Ultraman Gaia, themed after two mobile suits, Apity, based on the Zaku-2, and Gan-Q, based on the At-Guy. So let's dive into that real quick. Let's look at this Alien Zarab. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I haven't seen Ultraman, but uh, interesting design there. Uh, and then, so, but then in Ultraman Gaia, they decided to kind of return that. So the Apity, this is supposed to look like a Zaku 2. Okay, I'd say maybe it's got the skirts. It's got the mono eye, and it's got the little crest on the head. So maybe, um, you know what, actually, I'm digging that. I'm digging whatever's going on here. Um, pretty, uh, it, it, that reminds me more of the Gaian. Um, with the feet, even the skirts and the shoulder, but you know, and then let's see this Gan Q. This is supposed to look like an at guy. So let's see. Okay. Um. Okay, Man, I can kind of see that. Uh, you would have to have told me that. I wouldn't have picked up on that on my own. Like that one. What is it? The custom. Oh, uh, Jim Sniper that looks like Master Chief. Yeah, then uh, that that makes sense. Um, so let's look at a couple other things real quick with this one. So it has variants. We kind of went through that. And there's not a developed from because this was kind of one of the first mobile suits developed for the Principality of Xeon uh, with a company that doesn't really exist anymore. But they were developed into, and I think we were just looking at them. Um, yeah, that interesting one there. And then this looks interesting. Um, and this is from F91, used by Mars Xeon. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So in my headcanon, because I haven't learned much of Mars Xeon yet, I'm thinking they had kind of the, their, because of the vast distances, their probably development grabbed some of uh, previous development looks and features that, that were then not really used locally in the Earth sphere. Um, I kind of like that idea. Um, and they have first seen in, in, in 0120 UC. Hmm. Super interesting. I love learning stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Well, there is that. So, uh, yeah, that was Mobile Suit of the Week. All right. So, hey, let's look at uh, let's look at some comments here. Um, of course, Robert, um, with his insightfulness. Um, you know, I had asked from that last podcast if that Aqua GM was from Thunderbolt, so he was able to confirm that. Thank you very much, although I did see it in 
potentially, I'm still doing research on this because I want to do a video. I started doing the research on it already, but in Unicorn, the Torrington base, um, because I saw some weapons used that are used in the game, battle operation. So, um, and, and that's the thing, though, but it, so that would have been from Thunderbolt era, and I don't know if, I've heard things that Thunderbolt is not really canon. Um, curious what everyone thinks about that. Let me know in the comments what you thought, what you think about the canon of Thunderbolt is. I always thought it was, but sometimes on Reddit I see people say it's not directly canon because they kind of do some crazy things that wouldn't be around then, but nothing really contradicts it for me. Uh, Psycho Zaku seems a little um, sudden, but... All right. Um, oh, okay. And then he has uh, Robert. It has a link in the comments for the podcast eight um, for uh, his a video he has. Yeah, go ahead and check that out. Um, yeah, Robert is very creative. Um, let's see. Just yes, yeah, some commentary. Thank you, Robert. All right. Um, okay, Abraham Lincoln. Great podcast episode. Is that a Hyakushiki on your shelf? I've been trying to get a master grade of that for some time. Hopefully, it'll be restocked soon. You should do a video where you show your Gumpla collection. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I guess I didn't um, notice you said that last time. I should do a video showing my Gumpla collection. Uh, when I first got into it, I was building them... It was weekly to daily. As soon as I was done with one, I had to get another in... I think I wore myself out, but then I would, every once in a while, get one that I liked. And I think there's some neat ones I could show. It would probably have to be a couple videos. Um, but yeah, definitely. But, you know, as for the Hayakushiki, I do have, and actually, let me grab it. Uh, for those listening, you won't be able to see it. So this looks cool. Like, doesn't this, this Hayakushiki looks awesome. It's fully posable. Um, it doesn't, it has beam saber handles that come off. It doesn't have the blades. Now, this is a Gundam fixed figuration. It came with the Zeta movie three pack. It was this, a transformable Zeta and a Mark II. I'll say the Zeta and the Mark II isn't anything unique, but this, and it has the real markings on it, or kind of like the cost signature. This can stand next to a robot spirit, and I don't think you would be able to tell a difference but i do want to get the robot spirits version um it's super expensive you can get it i've seen one of mercari with a mega particle bazooka hope i'm saying that right for like 200 a ah, little rich i saw it by itself but it was 150 and i'm like Ugh. so i'm pretty pricey haven't really jumped on that yet but uh yeah good thanks for bringing that up abraham lincoln thank you for your service all right um Let's see. Uh, okay, Robert has a link to someone with the Eclipse Gundam. Yeah, I know uh, in Discord, there's uh, we're, we're probably going to get some cool pics. Hopefully, I can show them next time or the time after. I don't know how long it will take for that to be built. Um, but if you want to join the Discord to see it, and then I'll share it on the next podcast. But there's also a video here. So, um, Actually, who is... So just to let you know before the oh. video... It is him, Mecha Guy Kotsu, who I brought up before. He's uh, this is that video I was watching. So yeah, thanks, Robert. Yeah, that um, really looks cool. And did I just see that he had like three hundred thousand subscribers? Wow. One day, 
one day I will get there. Oh, and then, hey, Abraham Lincoln, it looks like Robert asked you a question. Pretty cool. You guys should uh, connect there. All right, Mark Troden. Great video. I just received a couple figures. I really like them, but so pricey. Yeah, okay, and then, um, oh, and then I say they are pricey, but I wish Star Wars figures were this quality. I totally agree. There's also something about the way the Japanese packages their toys and also makes them extra appealing. I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, I also, with Bandai, would make a 3.75-inch version of their 6-inch Star Wars figures. Yeah. So, everything I agree with. I would love some 3.75-inch Star Wars figures that are based on the engineering and design of the Xeon and Earth Federation Soldier set. Even seeing, like, that, that new pilot set with Sailor Mass. What if that buildable cockpit was, like, Luke's X-Wing cockpit or something like that? I mean, they, they are pricey, though. That is the thing. It's like, I ha luckily, though, they're far in advance for a pre-order. And then, you know, the other side to that, too, is... Um, there's something about the way the Japanese package their toys. So, yeah, the, the the packaging of these, you know, they come in a nice box. Uh, yeah, I have a box there. Just take me a while to undo it. And, you know, there's a little window to see it, but then there's a lot of graphics on it. Not graphics, but f uh, photographs to kind of show uh, just how they're, uh, how they could be used, how they're put together. The thing is with Star Wars figures, you know, they're on a card with a bubble. And... You know, that's cool. It harkens back to buying action figures back in the 80s, like Ghostbusters or whatever. And, you know, even in the 90s, Batman and all that, where, you know, you have the plastic, you take them off. But uh, I don't know. There, there's something about the way they're packaged in that box, even with the robot spirits. It's like you pull out a tray and you have this tray with your your stuff. And, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Agree with all that. Thanks, Mark. Um. Oh, uh. Kakarot197, that's another uh, Gundam YouTuber I follow. He has some good stuff. Thanks, Robert. Okay, Ethan uh, Leonhart. The final article in the Charter is a huge monumental reveal, but a reveal with the least amount of impact on the Universal Century. Yeah, I think that's very, and I uh, say that, yeah, very interesting storytelling. They're able to make a compelling you know, sort of risk-based situation for all the characters, everyone involved that seems to affect the greater uh, universe of, you know, the Earth sphere and everything. Even though when it comes to all of Universal Century, it, it, that part can still be self-contained. It, it's very interesting how they did that. And I, I need to commend the writers for that. I mean, I feel like Star Wars could use a little bit of that. Uh it's like you can connect things without – it's that integrated information theory again. Make things unique because they're connected based on information you already know, not because they have to connect to each other. Uh, I think that was the problem with the sequel trilogy. They had to make up stuff to connect to things. Even the stuff they made up didn't really make sense to be a direct continuation. Um, I feel like they could have self-contained some story elements yeah, and really thinking about Unicorn, especially because it takes place after Zeta, you know, uh, uh, Gundam Zeta, Double Zeta. And Unicorn is very new type heavy. Um, and it reminds me how the sequel trilogy is very uh, force heavy. It's, it's really all centered around the force because you have, you know, Rey who finds out she's force sensitive and that 
springs this whole adventure to where Luke and his force issues and then finally the force bringing back Palpatine. Whereas, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy wasn't really like that. It was more about the the family, I guess, soap opera of Empire versus, um, man, I want to say Xeon, but no, Empire versus Rebels. And it's just there's the force element thrown in, which it's kind of like how original Gundam works, where there's that new type element is thrown in. So I kind of went on a rant on that, but hey, oh, thanks, Ethan. All right, uh, for um, Clint Roy M- Mukurakate, I got no, that I, I made that sound Latin based Mukurakate. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta work on my Japanese. So let's talk about this. Outside of the crazy powerful suits like Unicorn, Fenix, and Banshee, would any UC Gundams be able to take on Gundams from universes like, say, Seed, Double O, or even Wing? So I threw in the Psycho Gundam Mark II. That thing seems like it would be crazy powerful, although they took it out shortly after its reveal in Double Zeta. But I'm curious about that too. Um, I I still don't know yet what would be the most powerful mobile suit because sometimes it really depends on who's piloting it. But if anyone else out there, if you can find this comment, it's on the giveaway video that I did. Uh, I would like to see what everyone thinks about what would be the most powerful UC Gundam to take on Gundams from other universes. Um, my first thought is like New Gundam or High New Gundam, whatever the last thing Amuro piloted is because Amuro is just a killer like that, but. Except in the books, it's the opposite. He got killed, but yeah. All right. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, also, anyone got a non-Gundam MS they'd love to fly? And I said the uh, the Rigizi. Rigizi? Rigizi. I think there's a certain way they pronounce it. And then, that's right, he did call me out on that because that is kind of a Gundam. Although I think there is a version that is not Gundam-like that doesn't have the... Uh, the V-Fin. But does that make it non-Gundam? Because there's this other thing I just learned about. You know, I'm playing Battle, Battle Operation 2, and they show this G-Line Gundam or mobile suit that I'm... I was like, what's G-Line? What's this G-Line? I don't get it. And I was doing a little bit of research. I might do a video on it. And the G-Line apparently was an attempt to mass-produce a Gundam. Um, so it wasn't the down the line of the, the gyms. In the Jiggins and the Jesta, it was its own thing that was supposed to be more like a Gundam. So, I'm curious, what really makes a Gundam a Gundam, and is that a V-Fin? Is that is that it? So, thanks, Clint. Uh, count me in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was the uh, little giveaway um, video I did. Yeah, showing off the G-Frame, GBO, uh, F... GPO1FB from Stardust Memories. And then the um, IBO, yeah, Barbados Lupus Rex, the first non-UC giveaway I'm doing. So, yeah, if you haven't entered yet, go ahead and subscribe. Make a comment somewhere. Um, that way I can tally it up that way. Rob the Builder, this is on my cost signature. I really appreciate the clean and professional presentations you provide. I know it's difficult to break into the YouTube mainstream with Gundam material, but I hope you make it. I'm slowly making my way through your videos. Yeah, and thanks. I love nice comments like that. It kind of motivates me. Um, and, and what's really cool, that was a video my wife 
helped me edit. Um, I, you know, I'm wanting to be able to, it, there's, you know, there's a lot when it comes to making YouTube. And I think you've, you're kind of encapsulating it here, Rob. Cause like I started a while ago, but I've had other channels. Uh, I did video games for a while and the thing is I enjoyed doing it and it was, it had okay traction. Um, I, it even got monetized, but I got sick of it because over time, in order for me to keep up with what the expectation is for video game YouTubes, it was then making me do things I didn't want to do. I would get review code all the time from all these different games, and I felt like I had to review and post a video, review, post a video, review and post a video. And sometimes there's games I didn't want to play. Sometimes I was rushing through games, and I didn't like that. I think with my approach with what I'm doing with Gundam, for one, I really started this YouTube because I wanted to, I was searching for YouTube content or Gundam content on YouTube. And while there's stuff there and it's great, I felt like there can be more. And from a different perspective. Um, and so that's why I wanted to do it. And at the same time, I'm watching it anyway. And this is a way for me to, Help me understand what I've watched by talking about it and making a video. But you know what? Also, there's this weird thing when I buy action figures that I'm like, what am I doing with this action figure? Why have I bought it? And and really, there's nothing wrong with buying an action figure. Um, there's people that spend their money gambling. There's people that spend their money uh, on cars, on things. People need to spend their money on hobbies that make them happy. But... What I think makes me happy is kind of sharing the enjoyment I get out of these Robot Spirits figures. So I shoot those videos. I kind of want to do more. You know, part of me wants to be a filmmaker. Um, I've written a bunch of scripts for random movie stuff. I even started one for Gundam until um, uh, that announcement of Netflix. Um, but that, uh, But I would love to do Zeta. Like, let's say this movie coming out is of the original Gundam. I would totally then start writing the Zeta, the follow-up. But anyway, I feel like sometimes I wish there was something I could do with my Gundams to like, you know, I take some of those pictures that I've done, but I'd like to maybe film something, add some music. I don't know. There's some creative juice in me that wants to do something, and I'm trying to figure it out. And this channel is really helping me, so so thank you. I kind of got to go on a little personal rant of mine, get some stuff off my chest. That was very nice. Um, yeah, I appreciate that comment. <laughs> um, adding more entry good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Enter me, please. I've never had a Gunpla before. Your name is Gundam, and you've never had a Gunpla before? Let's get this man a Gunpla. Join the Discord. Um, tell us why you've never got a, a Gunpla before. Let's see what we can do. Wow, you have a lot of Gundam. I only have one. Um... Is it expensive? What was that? The Hazel? That's right. The Hazel Gundam, I don't think it's that expensive. This is just the high grade. When I got it, it was just regular priced in the area, like $25. Um, yeah, thank you. You like my collection. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I love my collection, too. I have that Detolf display I got from Ikea. All right. From the giveaway. Also, you, might, you guys might laugh at how long it took me to realize a lot of MS can't fly in the atmosphere. Yeah, that is very interesting to consider when it comes to mobile suits. Some are made where it's the space flight. Some are made to where they have the ability on the ground to 
move around, jump around, kind of do limited flight, but to actually fly up through the atmosphere and into space, a lot of times, even with the Banshee in Unicorn, had to use a rocket ship to get into space. So I like how they kind of keep that grounded of sending a robot into space. Then let's get this Gundam. Um, I would prefer TV over trilogy movies anytime. Yeah. the And that's from Deepalok Mondal. Thank you. I The tr- trilogy movies are great, and they even have some better animation, I think. I don't remember exactly. It's just it, the TV just fleshes it out a whole lot more. Um, all the character motivations and everything. Uh, Robert Westfall, the Slenderman, LOL. Uh, what? One of the guys named Slender. Uh, oh, yeah, that was from my Mobile Suit Gundam Episode 1 review. Have at it, and yes, it is incredible. Thank you. Michael Williams, late to the game. No, right on time. No, there's still plenty of time for anyone to enter the giveaway. Um, let's see. Uh, it's funny that you're... Uh, this is from Rob the Builder again. Thank you. It's funny that you're reviewing Double... 079, I literally started rewatching it a few days ago. I def- definitely enjoy all of the UC shows, except Unicorn. That will change. It probably ranks last out of all of Double uh, O named shows for me, but I also haven't seen Zeta or Double Zeta all the way through yet. It's hard to beat 08 uh, MS team for me. I have a lot of personal critiques for Double 079, but objectively, it really was ahead of its time. If I had an artistic skill, I'd really love to create a new UC-based series that fills in a lot of holes like the combat systems and whatnot. P.S. Shars theme, Galant Shars, hands down, the best song in Double Zero Seventy Nine. Yeah, I agree. But when it comes to the combat systems, just watch Zeta all the way, Double Zeta, uh, Unicorn, Shars Counterattack, MS Igloo that I'm watching right now seems to really dive into that a whole lot. Even Origin, if you haven't watched Origin. Oh, there is a fly in here. Because Origin really dives into a lot of that, even just the manufacturing in general. And that's why it takes a while to really get into the Gundam and understand it, because you really got to take it all in and then rewatch it and rewatch it and pick up on all the little intricacies. Okay, now that's not a fly, that's a mosquito. It's Texas, it's the end of mosquito season, so... Okay. I'm, I don't want to smash it, but okay. Although I want you to smash it in this at like button. <laughs> See what I did there? All right, um, let's see the reply on that. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I was talking about the video series about it. Um, I'll watch that video tonight. The reason I didn't care for it was the fact that I like the realism uh, represented by the UC series. I'll take the new type intuition as some liberties should be taken for a good story. But Unicorn and even CCA to a point added all the extra stuff like transcendence of human form. I think it lost a lot of sense of the UC timeline. Same reason why I find Star Trek better than Star Wars. Props reference, by the way, LOL. But I'm, oh yeah, but I'm always willing to give more chances to any gun items. You know what? I completely, 100% agree with that. When I was first getting into Gundam and coming across these, oh man, that mosquito, those scenes with the new types and then like their abilities and then it would physically show like the brainwaves, you know, um, the psycho waves, yeah, and all that stuff. It it was tough. I was able to because I like Star Wars, and I've explained before that I I was willing to accept the Force just by being into that stuff. It, something I learned from Star Wars too that I apply to Gundam is if you really look deeply on what they're trying to say with this stuff, a lot of times it really just has to do with potentials, the human potential, and it's almost like they are accelerating. 
our potential through the storytelling. You know, there's a lot of it has to do with mindfulness and meditation. I'm someone that, you know, actually right before getting into Gundam, I think it was the same year, if I'm not mistaken, or it was the year before. No, it was the year before I got into meditation very deeply and I meditated like, I don't know, it was a couple months in a row um, where I did it every morning and it, it did something. And since then, I've, I don't know, I've been more open to things like that or, or understanding how our minds are very powerful. And there's probably a lot of stuff today, like consumerism, materialism, that really keep us from understanding our full potential. And something about Star Trek, too, is, you know, original Star Trek stuff up until, like, I haven't really got much into the new stuff like Picard. It's kind of dark, but a lot of that had that optimism about human potential. Um, I guess the difference with Star Wars and um, Gundam is they kind of wear it on its sleeve. So you kind of sometimes it can be a little goofy uh, and, I, and I get it. I, I, I totally do. That's that's one thing that's hard for me to that's a struggle. Um, but thanks. I really appreciate these comments. These these are excellent comments. Um, let's see. That's how it's pronounced in Zeta. Okay. Let, let's watch this real quick. I don't know if it will play. What? The. Okay. No, I don't think it will play because it was too low. So, I was watching Shar's Counterattack and he's talking about the Titans and Shar saying the Titans. And I'm like, <laughs> what the Titans? Why did they? But you know what? If you listen and it's what was. Uh, Let's see what um, New Type Racing pointed out was. It's actually how it's pronounced in Zeta. Now, not the English, but the Japanese, they are saying uh, Titans. And I get it's just really the Japanese phonetic pronunciation of things. Um, but, I, you know, really, I think for English speakers, Titans make sense, uh, especially because what it's representing. And also, I think that goes into like some of the name. Um, it's, it's very interesting because that's an example of there's a, a way something is pronounced in Japanese. Should it have been that the original Japanese should have been pronounced Titans, even though they're pronouncing it phonetically? So who knows? Maybe someone does, and that would be interesting to find out. But yeah, thank you. All right, from Abraham Lincoln, I've only seen the movie trilogy for 0079, but I really like it. I think the RX-78 design itself way was way ahead of its time, as well as the themes and characters, especially Sharp. Exactly. And that's why in 2019, watching it for the first time, I was able to get into it and enjoy it because it's it's it was ahead of its time. And that's why it got so popular. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Robert Worsfall and I did a quick little Zoom session. Let's see. Area. Okay, so which Gundam series haven't you seen yet? Okay. Um, and I, I was talking about how it's like anything outside you see I haven't really watched. And then Area says it would be interesting to see you react to After War Gundam X. So that's cool because out of all the Gundams, After War Gundam X is one I've heard the least about. Well, then going blind, haha, would be a pretty fun reaction to watch as... No one's done it yet, and it's pretty good series. Oh, and then Robert wants to share. Okay, cool. You know what? Thank you, then. Um, if if that's something 
people hasn't really done it. It's a pretty good series. I might do that. Going in blind would be a good idea. I appreciate that suggestion. Um, Robert again um, with some nice commentary. Um, oh, and it looks like he just added something. Um, let's see. But yeah. Oh, wondering what the MS of the week will be. Ha ha ha. Let me know if this was uh, was a surprise or expected. I don't know. I was trying to do something a little unconventional. But but anyway, you know what? I think that's it for this episode of the Gundam Explained podcast. It was episode nine. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know in the comments what you think. Or even send me an email at GundamExplained at gmail.com. Really, I would like if someone is to write in. Like how we see these comments that are in the videos. Feel free to write me in if it's paragraphs of stuff. I would love to dive in, read what people have to say, and kind of comment on it. Um, uh, I kind of like that stuff because this is the kind of interaction that I want. I want to talk to Gundam fans more because there's no one around here in Texas like that. Um, <laughs> actually, there is. I know someone that likes Gundam. I need to get them on here. But anyway, do that. Go ahead and subscribe. There's that giveaway going on. We've got two uh items to give away so subscribe leave a comment once i hit 400 subscribers which i'm at 365 according to this once i'm at 400 i'll be doing that giveaway and then having some more stuff to give away after that so anyway uh thanks for watching and we'll talk later